You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, everyone. I'm Sierra. And I'm Ashley. And this is your Weekly Weekly Dose of Wicked. Lots of fun, woohoo. It was the best time. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. There were some bad times, but mostly good times. It was mostly good, but there were some really, really shitty times. Let's start with those, shall we? Start with the bad. Go to the good. Yeah, we'll start with the bad. So, as you all know, I've never flown before. So, I was really hyping myself up that everything was going to be fine. It was not fine. It was fine. We survived. It was Not fine. We survived, but it was god-awful. First of all, none of you told me that TSA is like being checked into prison. Oh, that's just Charlotte. No, I was terrified. That was the most terrifying experience of my life. They were just screaming at me and yelling at me and rushing me along and like, take your shoes off. Uh, Pull your hair back. Let me patch you all over your body. Like, it was terrifying. (laughs) I thought for sure I was going to be like incarcerated by the end. It wasn't that bad. Actually, it was awful. Um, I was going to have an anxiety attack going through TSA. Uh, But it's cool, whatever. We made it through TSA. All things were good. And then we got to our little gate thingy. Well, Ashley got us a coffee and some breakfast sandwiches. No, she didn't give me a breakfast sandwich. She said I wasn't worth a breakfast sandwich. So she got me a cheese That's not what happened. (laughs) You said, I'm so sick. I don't even think I can eat. And I was like, well, I'm going to get a breakfast sandwich and a coffee. Do you want anything? And you're like, no, I can't even eat or drink anything. So as the nicest I am, I got you a coffee and a cheese Danish. Because I figured a cheese Danish would stay longer if you didn't eat it. This is true. She said, I was going to get your breakfast sandwich, but I wasn't wasting the money if you weren't going to eat it. Starbucks breakfast sandwiches at the airport are like $7. I'm aware. A cheese danish was four. Okay, whatever. So she gets me some coffee, gets me some cheese danish. All's good in the world. Um, We go to our little terminal to wait for our plane, and it was delayed. It did not leave Orlando on time, so it was delayed. Then finally it arrives, and, oh, it has mechanical issues, so we're delayed even farther. And then the wonderful, beautiful people at um, this is fact, so we can't get in trouble for this, they are awful in Charlotte. (laughs) Not fact, it's our opinion. (laughs) I think it's a matter of fact, but okay, in my opinion, they're awful. So we also talked to a lawyer at PodFest. So we'll talk about that briefly after this. But anyway, in my opinion, they're awful. Um, The lady who's checking everyone in, she was mean. She was so mean. She was like, "Um, your flight's been oversold. So if you don't have a seat number, uh, you ain't flying today. And you ain't flying tonight because we oversold that flight too. Like, the heck is wrong with you? They were so mean. And then they made us all check our bags, make sure they all fit. And then Ashley's stupid bag didn't fit. So we had to wear multiple layers on the plane and it was awful. And then they wouldn't tell me what the mechanical issues were. And then she also wouldn't let me go to shots at the bar because she told me if I did shots at the bar, then she wasn't going to let me on the plane. <sighs> she told you if you smelled like alcohol. Yeah, she said if I smelled like alcohol, she was not letting me on the plane. So, And you should also probably bleep out the airline name just in case so we don't get sued. Okay, well, well, we'll bleep that in a minute. So anyway, the airline that we flew, no, I'll just bleep it out. <sighs> they were awful. Um, yeah, so anyway, we finally got on our plane. All was great. Um, I sat next to a nice businessman. He didn't talk much. 
He actually didn't speak to me the entire time. He spoke to you at the beginning and at the end. Right, at the beginning and at the end. In the beginning, I was like, hey, listen, I've never flown before. If I'm annoying, tell me to shut up. And he was like, oh, you've never flown before. Ha, ha, ha. And then he went back to his phone. And then when we landed, after not speaking to me for the entire flight, he looked at me and said, you made it. Good job. And that was it. That's all I got from him. But it was cool. Whatever. Yeah, ten words. Yeah, it was great. Um, so anyway, then we got there, and then it was like um, National Lampoon's family vacation. We could not yep. get to where we were going. It was awful. We tried to go get our rental car. The shuttle at the airport didn't pick us up because it said you had to call, but then, like, their voicemail said they just came every 15 minutes, so that was confusing. So we sat at the airport like idiots for 40 minutes waiting for a shuttle that never came. We were late. Yeah, so that yeah, our flight was late. They told us to cancel our rental car because we were so late because we didn't end up getting to Orlando until – what time did we actually end up – it was like 11.30, right? No. I think we landed at like 11.40. Yeah. Okay. But we were supposed to get our rental car by 11.45, and that yes. wasn't happening. Yeah, we no. didn't actually get our to the rental car place until like almost 1, I want to say. It was almost 1, because it was like 12.35 by the time the shuttle came and got us, and then it was like 12 minutes from there to the rental car place, and then the rental car place had a really long line. So anyway, yeah. then we get to the rental car place. They didn't cancel our car. They still had it, but... I put the rental car in Ashley's name. Her insurance was inadequate because it was North Carolina insurance and not a big, like, nationwide company. And then they wanted to charge a $500 deposit. And it was just a whole big Plus, buy extra insurance, which we've already bought extra right. insurance. Right. We'd already bought extra insurance. The whole thing was but a they fiasco. Buy more insurance. So by that point, we we're really frustrated. And I was like, okay, Ashley, just want to say F the rental car. And she was like, yeah, let's just do that. So we lost money on our rental car and we said F it. And um, we left with no rental car. So we got an Uber. Or a lift. I don't know what it was. Anyway, we got in the car. They took us to our hotel where that was fine. The hotel was lovely. The people at it desk, was lovely. they were great. I told them I was going to kiss their face. I was so happy to see them. We got a picture of margaritas. That was delicious. We went up to our room. We got ready. All's well. And then we went to get on the trolley. And the first time we missed the trolley, right? Right. It like was, was driving by us. So then we had to wait 20 minutes for another one to come. Is yes. that when so we ran? it finally comes. Well, you were like, oh, well... Let's just walk to the next stop, see what's around, get some steps in. We did not need to get steps in because we got lots of steps in. We were like, oh, we'll get some extra steps in. We'll walk to the next stop. As we're walking to the next stop, there comes the trolley. And we're like, shit. And we run. Yeah. And I was like, run, Ashley, run. And then we were running like lunatics. And my shoes kept falling off. So <laughs> I was wearing flip flops. Yeah. So then we made it to the trolley. And by this point, it was three o'clock. And we know yep. this because why, Ashley? Shift change. Yeah. Shift three change. O'clock. At three o'clock. So we get on the trolley. All's great. We have to go from stop eight to stop twenty-seven. Right. Not that far. Should took like fifteen minutes. Yeah, not took that an far. hour. No, it took an hour because it was like, um, please excuse this brief disruption to your travel as we make a brief stop to switch drivers for shift change. And then like we went in there and it took forever for them to change shifts. And then finally they changed the shifts. And then finally we're coming up. Just stop 27, and I go to pull the thing, and it doesn't work because I don't know what I'm doing because I've never rode a trolley. So we miss our stop. We get dropped off at SeaWorld. Okay, but no, but we did pull it before our stop. Like, we did figure it out in time, and it did pull, and it was like, like, stop requested, and homegirl was like, nope. And she just kept on driving. She did not stop. Yeah, probably because we pulled it too late. It was too close. It was not. No, it was (laughs) not. I pulled it when she was at the red light before the turn. Yeah, I don't know. She did not stop. So instead, she dropped us off at SeaWorld. So our options then were to get off the trolley and walk back to the stop that we needed, which was the stop before, or keep riding the trolley until it turned around and went the other direction. So we chose which to walk. Which would have took forever. 
We chose to walk. It was terrible. We could see the hotel, and I was like in the parking lot. <laughs> Actually, and I were just laughing and laughing. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. So then we get checked in. They don't have our names printed on our little thing. No, they didn't have our names printed. So we had so to. We had to have a sticker like Lamos. I did apologize to the front desk ladies because I was a little grumpy about it. You were a little grumpy, but not too bad. No, it wasn't too bad. So then we got there. We were like, all right, at this point, it's like four o'clock. We're like, we've missed everything for the whole day. Like, we've missed all of the classes for all of Thursday. So we're like, all right, cool. Let's go get our drink tickets because Buzzsprout's having a party. You know, they took us, they brought us there with our tickets. So we have to go to their party. So we're like, all right, let's go get our drink tickets. So then we walk up to the Buzzsprout tent and they're like, oh, hey. And we're like, I was like, hi, I'm here for my drink tickets. And he was like, oh, are you here with Buzzsprout? And I was like, yes, you bought me tickets. You told me to come here for my drink tickets. I need them. And then he was like, oh, are you okay? And I was like, no, I'm not okay. He was like, where'd you travel We've from? We've had a bad day. We just need drink tickets. Yeah. He's like, where'd you travel from? And I was like, not that far, Charlotte, North Carolina. And he was like, um, that's a long, that's like 500 miles. I was like, yeah. And um, it's taken us days to get here. Yeah. So we got some food. Yeah, we got ended up getting we went back to the hotel. The right? best burger I've ever had. I don't think it was the best burger you've ever had. I think we were just so hungry. I was so hungry. It was the best burger I've ever had. It really wasn't that good. No, it probably wasn't, but I thought it was delicious. We got burger, chicken tenders, fries, and then what did we do? I mean, we pretty much just like we tried to take a nap on that little that cool little couch thingy. Right. But then And then we went to go to a talk, but we couldn't hear. Yeah, we went to go. So yeah, loud. we went to go to the like meet and greet thing, but the speaker was really quiet. So we were like, "Screw this! Let's just go back to our hotel." We could probably take like an hour nap before the bus route party. That was what we figured. We had like two hours until the party, and the trolley did not go well. Right. Well, we were like, we probably could get back in time to take like an hour nap. That did not happen. So by the time we got back, we had like forty minutes. So instead of taking a nap, we got in the hot tub. Yeah, we got in the hot tub. That was fun. Yep, and then we went back to our room, got ready, went back to the bus sprout party. The bus sprout party was awesome. We had a great time at the bus sprout yeah, party. A lot of fun. Um, we talked about podcasting 2.0 with the one of the co-founders of Buzzsprout, Tom Rossi. He's awesome, super nice, great guy. We talked about podcasting 2.0 with him. Um, we met other people hosted by Buzzsprout. That was pretty cool. It was super cool. We met super nice people. Um, we met those people from Cap Show. They were so nice at the bar. Yeah, they were super nice. Honestly, we met the most awesome people ever the entire weekend all right so moving on yeah. past thursday thursday was a crap show we ended up ubering back we i slept so hard i slept horribly i don't know that i've ever slept that hard in my life i just like hit my pillow and passed out i woke up drooling we missed our breakfast the next morning because we slept in too late because we slept through our alarms so then we got up went to Podfest. um oh that was the day we got the panini yeah for breakfast nine dollar panini and it was like a frozen panini. It was a frozen panini. It wasn't even very good, but whatever. Anyway, $9 panini. It was ridiculous. Anyway, we got the panini. We got ready. We hopped on the trolley again. We made it. We had a great day of classes. Um, we actually missed quite a few classes because an opportunity arose that we could not pass up. Who did we meet, Ashley? Take it away. Real Crime NYC. Yes. You all need to go listen to their podcast. Yes, because they're super cool. freaking awesome. It is three... Retired New York detectives, New York City detectives. Yes. And most of the ones they tell, they were part of the crime. Or not part of the crime. Part yes, of. They, they were committing crimes. <laughs> <laughs> they were out in the streets of New York City committing crimes. No, they were part of the task force to solve the cases. Yes. Yes, that's what I meant, I obviously. know, I know what you meant. I just got too excited. They were so nice. So they I were. messaged them and I was like, hey, I don't want to be creepy, but I'd really like to meet you guys while we're here. And they messaged me back, and it was like 1.30, and they're like, okay, but we leave at 4. 
And I was like, ah, where can I meet you? And so they met us. Well, let's go right now. Yeah. So we left the class and we met them right then and there. And they were awesome. Their names are Bill, Chris, and Pat. And um, yeah, I think they're phenomenal. So yeah, they're super sweet and they have a great podcast. They do. So go listen. Real Crime NYC should be available wherever you listen to your podcast. Um, And more exciting is they volunteered to be guests on our show. So look forward to that happening. Yeah, we still got some details to hammer out and stuff. So yeah, it'll be a little while, but it's coming sometime. Super excited about that. So yeah, that was probably the highlight of Friday. Uh, And then what happened? Oh, and then we went to whatever. We did more classes, blah, blah, blah. And then we went to the Howl at the Moon party. We learned a lot of cool stuff. We did. We learned a lot of cool stuff. We went to the Howl at the Moon party, which was hosted by Mopod and Cloud Mics, and it was an awesome party. We had a great time. Karaoke, uh, pretty much almost not open bar, but essentially open it was bar. open bar. Um, so yeah, we had a lot of fun. Drank too much. Went home in the Uber. Ashley, oh, we have a true crime podcast. Ashley tried to get the Uber driver his personal phone number to drive us to the airport. I'm sick of you bringing that Sunday. up. Because it was a it was backup dumb. plan. It was just dumb. in case. Can you guys just email us and tell her how dumb it was that she was trying to get a private Uber ride, not through Uber? I just, I was very, very. I was just thinking if we were that desperate, if we needed a ride that bad, homeboy said he would take us. Okay, well, That's I don't think it was. I don't think it was worth our lives. Okay, well, you could have known. He could have been a great guy. Could have, but we will never know because I told you get out of the car. Okay. Anyways, it doesn't matter. Anyway, it doesn't matter. So then Saturday, again, super great day. We went. We learned. That was the day you learned about the voice lessons from the lady. You took the class. She said before we record, we said we should massage our vocal cords with something that vibrates. She said either take a shower and hum. So like the steam and the humming, the vibrations is supposed to like strengthen your vocal cords or something. I don't know. Or she said that you can use something that vibrates and then winked. So we all know what that means. Yes, we all know what that means. Yeah, so then what else happened on Saturday? Anything remarkable? Uh, we met with the lawyer on Saturday, right? Yeah, he told us that we weren't allowed to say people were trash bags anymore. Yeah, we're not allowed to call people trash anymore. He said we could get sued for um, defamation or slander. So from now on, I'm going to say, in my opinion, they're pieces of trash. He said not to say that either. <laughs> I know he did. He said we couldn't say that either. We we're like, well, it's kind of our slogan. And he was like, well, I'd pick a new slogan then. <laughs> He was very yeah, helpful, so. though. He was super nice. But I was like, yeah, so my biggest fear is that I'm going to get sued for slander or defamation. And he was like, okay, who are you slandering? And I was like, everybody. <laughs> yeah, he said that we need to use, in my opinion. Yes. And we should probably not call people trash or trash bags. Yeah, and I said, well, what if they're already incarcerated for heinous crimes? And he said, unfortunately, that does not mean that they've lost the right to sue you. So, <laughs> unfortunately. So, I guess we got to be more careful. Yeah, we need to be more careful about that. Um, but yeah, that lawyer was super cool. And then we also met Steve, the editing guy. He was the bomb.com. Holy crap. I think he was the most, I learned the most from anybody like in that lesson. Yeah, I was getting our food then. So I didn't really get to learn a lot then. Well, that was I would say point. I learned the most with the um, lady with the, what's it called? The pitch deck. A deck. Pitch deck. Yeah, yeah the pitch that deck. was a good, good lesson. That was a good lesson. I do. I keep forgetting. But um, as the producer and editor i got the most out editing and as our social media manager and essentially head of marketing you got the best from her yeah so yeah honestly though all in all 10 out of 10 we are so excited for podfest 2024 we've already bought one ticket now we just have to buy a second ticket yeah we bought one ticket so we could get all of the talks from this year that yeah. we missed it was the recordings of everything that we didn't get to attend so we got like all of them and it was a deal and then it included a ticket to next year's podfest which it was also half the price of a ticket so obviously it made sense right. to buy it right 
Um, but yeah, so anyway, thank you. Thank you to all of our listeners who are part of our Patreon, who tune in every week to listen to us, who donated us money, because if it wasn't for you, we would be nothing. Absolutely nothing. Absolute trash. We can call ourselves trash, because I'm not going to see you. Yeah, we'd be trash bags ourselves. Yeah, we would be absolute trash bags if it wasn't for you guys. So... That being so. said, um, I don't want to take up any more time, so I want to jump right into this case. You guys know the freaking drill. Join the Patreon. Go on Facebook. Go on Instagram. Like it. Follow it. Leave us ratings and reviews. We've got a ton of ratings and reviews, like this past week. Yeah, it was cool. Maybe we'll read a few next week because I'm, like, floating on the clouds. All right, maybe so that being said. All the connections that we made. Do what? So maybe of all of our connections that we made. That was the biggest part of PodFest. Connecting yeah. with people. That was cool. We made a ton of connections and we met awesome people. Oh, uh, we didn't even mention Alex and Alicia Sanfilippo. They were the best. Oh, no. They were the best. They were the best. Were I love sweet. them. You guys won't know who they are because you don't do the podcasting thing, but like they um, are <sighs> pod pros. Basically, yeah. They just have like a bunch of software awesome that... software for podcasters. We also met William Hung. Oh, yeah. William Hung. He was super cool. He was so nice. American Idol. Ashley was so happy. You guys know who William Hung is. He said, um, can I invite you to like my Instagram? And I was like, yeah, of course, William Hung, I'll like your Instagram. And then he followed me back. So cool. Yeah, he followed me back too. And then he gave a live performance of Shebang at the closing party. So it was all in all, it was the, I mean, it was a phenomenal experience. We learned a lot. It was exhausting, but. We learned we have no idea what we're doing. That's true. Um, we learned we needed more equipment. The best thing that came out of PodFest is that Ashley let me buy boom arms and freaking pop filters that's the best thing that came out of podfest because i've been that saying is. for months we need to boom arms and ashley's like you just want to boom arms so you'll look cool and i was like no like we need them it's important for our sound and she thought i was full of crap until we went to the expo hall and the podcasting equipment guys told us we needed boom arms yeah well they had a very convincing argument i think they were just trying to sell their products though no they were not actually these boom arms are awesome we'll see after this recording if it sounds that much better We'll see. But anyway, so we got our boom arms. We got our pop filters. Uh, we're going to get a Rodecaster Pro 2, which I've also been advocating for for months. And Ashley keeps telling me it's just a cool piece of equipment I don't need. But after watching the demo, she agrees we need it. Oh, we won things. Oh, yeah. We, we won, won t-shirts. I was getting there. Oh, sorry. We won t-shirts yep. that said straight out of PodFest. They're pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And then we also won cloud lifters, which you guys don't know what that is, but it's a podcasting equipment that's super cool and super expensive. Yeah, they're $150 a piece and we won two of them. And it's a little tiny box. And I also want a ticket to Pod Global. Oh, yeah, you did. Because I put in the work to be number, number nine number on the nine leaderboard. On the leaderboard, yes, ma'am. All right. Without further ado, let's jump into our case. This is my week, correct? Yes. That's unfortunate. I didn't prepare anything. That's not true. <laughs> no, but that was funny. Not really, because I knew it wasn't true. I know. If I didn't know, I probably would have freaked out. But I was with you today. I know. I should. Well, you were working on it. Whatever. All right. So anyway, let's just jump into it. Today, I don't know. Okay. Disclaimer. I do not know how to pronounce this middle name, and I might be butchering it. I don't think that I am. I think it's correct, but it is very important to me to mention victims' middle names. I don't know if you guys have noticed that, but I always include the victims' middle names um, because it's important that we, like, know as much about the victims as possible. Not so much about the pieces of things. Don't say it. The pieces of things that kill people, but the victims. It's important that we get on that personal level with them. So I always include middle names. I did include this middle name, but... I don't know how to pronounce it. So I think her name is Victoria. Her name is definitely Victoria. But I think her name is Victoria Tanaya Ann Carter. It's spelled T apostrophe N-Y-A. So I'm going with Tanaya. If I'm wrong, please let me know and I will 100% 
uh, apologize and let everyone know I was wrong. But that's what I'm going with. Nobody said her middle name, though. So, but that's what I got. Vic- Victoria, Tanaya, and Carter. Sounds good to and me. And it's a hyphenated middle name, and you know how much I love hyphens. I know. And names. And middle names. You love middle names. I do love middle names. I call all of my children by their first and middle name. And my husband. And everyone you know. Essentially, I love middle names. Anyway, moving on. That's not important. The important part here is the case. All right. So, Victoria Tanaya Ann Carter was born January 20th, 1990 in Fayetteville, North Carolina, to Bernadette and Gerald Carter. We've been doing a lot of North Carolina cases lately. When I say we, I mean me. I don't know why. Yeah, mine's not North Carolina. I know, but I've been doing a lot of North Carolina lately. You just like them, I guess. Like a lot of my cases involve North Carolina. I don't know. Anyway, it doesn't matter. After graduating from Enloe High School, Victoria went on to attend East Carolina University, better known as ECU. Victoria was double majoring in business and marketing and minoring in communications. In the fall of 2010, Victoria would join the pledge class for the Delta Sigma Theta sorority. Man, bad bitch. Yeah, pretty much she was. Um, And we're going to get more into that. Two majors and a minor and a sorority? That's Mm -hmm. crazy. Yeah. Unfortunately for Victoria, though, her life would be cut short on November 20th, 2010, when the car she was riding in struck a tree in a single car crash. That's sad. Yeah, so she was in the car with three other members of her pledge class who were traveling to a beauty salon to get ready for the crossing over ceremony. And I bet you're thinking to yourself, Sierra, this is true crime podcast. Why are we talking about a car accident? But you're going to tell us. Well, I'm glad you asked that. So let's dive in, shall we? All right. So first off, some little background on Eastern Carolina, not Eastern, a little background on East Carolina University. I actually always call it Eastern Carolina, and I know that's wrong. Yeah, because Western Carolina. Right, because Western, there's Western Carolina, and then there's East Carolina. And I always call them Western and Eastern, even though I know that's not right. Yeah. Anyway, ECU is located in Greenville, North Carolina. It's the fourth largest university in North Carolina. Uh, Since ECU opened its doors in 1907, the campus has grown from 43 acres to 1,600 acres. So quite a large growth. I did not know that it was that big. Yeah, fourth largest in the state. Hmm. ECU has a 94% acceptance rate, and they only have a 64% graduation rate. When you search what is ECU known for, Google boasts about their medical programs. ECU has a great nursing program as well as dental program, and ECU is also the number one university provider in North Carolina for allied health professionals. So their medical programs are phenomenal, apparently, according to Google. As the good researcher that I am, though, I conducted my own survey. And when I asked, what is ECU known for? Every single person I asked said, oh, it's a party school. That's true. That is what it's known for here in North Carolina. Yeah. So take that as you wish. Um, I just felt like that was important to know. Uh, I don't actually think it was important to the case at all. But when I heard ECU, I was like, oh, it's going to be something about a party because ECU is a party school. All right. So by all accounts, it appears that Victoria went to ECU for the education. She wasn't the type to go out and party. And she um, also had very big goals. So she didn't have time to party. Victoria's mother, Bernadette, was a single mother for most of Victoria's life. She'd watched her mother struggle, and Victoria wanted nothing more than to provide a good life for her family. She was the oldest, I believe, of four children. I could be wrong on that because I didn't include this. I didn't include that, but I probably should have. I believe it was two sisters and a brother. Again, I could be wrong on that. But regardless, she was the oldest child, and her siblings remember that she was very much like a second mother to them. Most oldest siblings are. So Victoria's plan was to finish her bachelor's degree at ECU, and then she dreamed of attending Yale, where she would receive her law degree. She wanted to practice entertainment law. All right, then. So as Victoria embarked on her junior year at ECU, the weight she carried really started to settle in. She was worried that her hard work and good grades were not going to be enough to ensure her acceptance to Yale. Uh, And that's where Delta Sigma Theta comes into play. One One day, while walking to class, 
I don't know why I said that. I sound like I was from Australia. Good day, mate. <laughs> yeah, it was weird. <laughs> One day while walking to class, Victoria saw a flyer that the sorority is looking for pledges. Now, Delta Sigma Theta is part of what is known as the Divine Nine. Do you know what that is? It's like the top sororities, right? No. Okay. Then no, I don't know what it is. So the Divine Nine is a group of prominent African American sororities and fraternities that date back to the nineteen they date back to nineteen thirty. Uh, nine sororities and fraternities gathered at Howard University to fight against racial injustices. Um, while the Greek system does tend to be construed in a negative way, uh, the Greek system actually focuses heavily on community outreach, and there are a ton of prestigious people who have belonged to sororities and fraternities. That is true. So politicians, civil rights activists, uh, business leaders, essentially a ton of important people uh, throughout history have belonged to sororities and fraternities. Uh, this makes Delta Sigma Theta appealing to Victoria. Just another little fun fact, Martin Luther King Jr. was actually a member of Alpha Pi Alpha. Is that how you say that? Alpha Phi Alpha? I don't know. Is it P-H-I? It's P-H-I. Or? Yeah, Phi. Alpha Phi. Alpha Phi Alpha, which is another Divine Nine fraternity. Hmm. So that's pretty interesting. Yeah, I thought so as well. That's why I included it. So Victoria is drawn in by the promise of sisterhood and the idea that being part of the Divine Nine would open doors for her that otherwise would be closed. Um, she attends an open house event with her BFF, Jenna, and Jenna recalls that Victoria was a rock star at this event. She was working the room. She was making the connections. Uh, by the end, Victoria was even more certain that joining the sorority was her next step. It had to be done. So Victoria fills out the application for membership, uh, and Jenna decides it's just not really for her. She's too busy. She's got too much going on to join a sorority. Hmm. All right. So the next step from there, I don't really know how sororities work. So I'm just going off of the information I got. But the next step from there would be that the Delta Sigma Thetas would need to invite Victoria to join. So she right. applies, and then they would have to essentially, like, invite her in. Much like a job. You know, you put in an application. Yeah, I think that's what they show on TV. Yeah, I don't know. So as Victoria waits for her invitation, she starts getting calls from sorority members asking her to do things for them. Simple stuff like, hey, can you buy me lunch and bring it to me? Uh, can you move my car because it's in the wrong parking deck? Can you go run this errand for me? Can you do my laundry? Just like simple things. Nothing serious, but it's just annoying. She, of course, thinks that, you know, that she has to do these things because her sorority sisters, you know, they're asking her to do this and she wants to be invited in. Right. She's trying to kiss a little butt. Yeah. So as time goes on, the calls get more frequent and intense. She would start to receive calls in the middle of the night, wanting her to answer questions about the history of the sorority. Um, Victoria was determined to be accepted. So she studied for these calls. She even went as far as to make flashcards so that she would know the information when they called her. She's pretty serious about getting She's in. She's very serious about getting in. They said that Victoria was the type that when she set her mind to something, she did not, like, it was not an option for it not to come true. It had to happen. So she doesn't care. She's getting into the sorority. Good for her. So eventually all of her hard work does pay off. And during homecoming weekend, she receives the call that Delta Sigma Theta wanted her to join their sorority. Sweet. Of course, she's ecstatic about this. This is what she wanted. But while she's anxiously awaiting the start of the first pledge class, uh, Victoria meets a fellow pledge, Brianna Latrice Gathers. Like Victoria, Brianna was a junior at ECU with big dreams. The two hit it off right away. They become fast friends. Now, from the very beginning, the sorority makes sure that all pledges are made aware of the university's hazing guidelines. Very quickly, the pledges realize that the phone calls and errands that they've been made to do are, in fact, hazing. So the way that the university's hazing rules read, both the hazer and the hazy would suffer consequences if this were to come to light. That's kind of stupid. I agree, but unfortunately, that was uh, how the rules read. And the consequences of hazing are expulsion. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's very serious. Yeah. Big deal. 
Um, They're instructed to report any hazing immediately, but obviously they're riddled with fear, and I don't blame them because they're telling them if you haze someone, you'll get expelled, and if you are hazed, you'll get expelled. How is that even fair? I don't even know. That's not. I don't know. But anyway, at the first pledge meeting, it's safe to assume that the pledges thought that the hazing was going to stop because here they have, like, the adult supervisors of the sorority telling them hazing's not allowed and, you know, you have to tell us if it happens. So they think, oh, hazing's going to stop. And it appeared that that was true for a while. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. After a few weeks of pledging, Victoria and the other pledges would be informed about some underground pledging procedures. They're instructed that as Delta Sigma Theta pledges, they're expected to follow all of the rules regardless of how bizarre they may seem. One of these rules involves transportation. Only certain pledges are allowed to drive, and those drivers are selected by the big sisters. That's dumb. So they're also only be they're only allowed to be transported in certain vehicles. And when I say, like, only certain pledges can drive, they were essentially, like, assigned a driving group of four of them. And those four people had to go together places. Like, they were the only one. You could only drive with those people. What if you didn't like them? Didn't matter. That's how it was. So that's what happened. Kind of stupid. I agree it is stupid, but it's important to the story. So. Okay. During the bizarre meeting, Victoria and Brianna are assigned to ride with Camille Arrington as their driver. Also in this ride group would be Taylor King. So it's those four girls, Taylor King, Brianna, Victoria, and their driver is Camille. Okay. So in case you missed that, if any of these girls want to go anywhere, they had to have Camille drive them. Okay. Did not matter. And pledging for a sorority is literally months. So important information there. Okay. Um, And then as if that wasn't weird enough, the pledges were then instructed that they needed to go home, pack, and move into their new home, which was a two-bedroom, two-bathroom apartment known as the Duck Pond, where they would stay for the next three months. So they're paying for their dorm or apartment or wherever, but they have to move into this Duck Pond? Yes, they have to move into the Duck Pond, which is a two-bedroom, two-bath apartment. How many people? 17 pledges. That is ridiculous. Yep. So that's 17 young women living in this tiny apartment. Many of them said it was like unbearable they couldn't even sleep because they were so crammed in there which i'm sure but the other thing is they were not allowed to tell anyone where they're living and they had to make a vow of devotion to delta that they would not tell anyone so even their parents like their mothers thought that they were still living in their dorms yeah that's crazy yeah and as if that doesn't feel like hazing it gets even crazier than that so the pledges are brought in for their first after hours meeting uh the girls are blindfolded and made to hold bricks for hours while the big sisters yell in their faces like drill sergeants so you might be thinking, like, hold bricks, like, that's not that big of a deal. No, they had to hold the bricks, like, out away from their body, straight out, for hours on end. Right. Um, they had to, like, stand and not stand, but they had to get in plank positions, like, with the brick as a brace, for hours. Like, this went on for hours. I don't even think I could hold a brick straight out from my body for 10 minutes. Nope, they had to hold it above their heads. Like, it was insane. So um, the way that it's essentially brought to them, though, is sisters who suffer together stay together. So that's why they had to do this. It brought them closer together. All right, then. Yeah. So, obviously, it doesn't take long, and the pledges become exhausted. Like, they're not sleeping well. There's 17 of them crammed into the duck pond. They're being – they have, like, their normal pledge classes that take place in the evening, and then they have their after-hour pledge classes that are taking place, God knows when, in the middle of the night, where they're holding bricks above their heads and being screamed at. 
They're going to class all day. Obviously, they're exhausted at this point. Yeah, I would be. It seemed that the longer Victoria was pledging, the more distant she became. Her friends noticed a difference in her. She was withdrawing from them, obviously. I mean, it was probably wearing on her very, you know, mentally. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how it couldn't. I, I agree. But finally, one night in October, the pledges were surprised when the adult advisors showed up to this secret after-hours meeting. So they're thinking like, oh, thank goodness, they're finally going to save us from all of this hazing that we've been enduring. Unfortunately, though, the adults actually just joined in and continued the hazing practices as well. So now not only do you have, first of all, all of these were adults because the big sisters or whatnot were seniors. So, I mean, they're 21, 22 years old. So they were adults. Right. But now you have the adult advisors who are older than that. They're adults who are supposed to watch the sorority. And now they're partaking in it as well. Yeah, that's blowing my mind right now. Yes. So they threaten that if any of the girls quit now, none of the pledges will get in, as they're all one now. They've all become one. So if a single one quits, none of them get in. All right, and then this part. This very well could have been – so I watched a show on ID, my favorite. (laughs) So this very well could have been dramatized for TV. But at one point, the actress who was portraying the president of the sorority said essentially – like I'm just paraphrasing this until the end. But she said, none of this is public knowledge. And it can't, come, it can't come out. Like, you can't tell anyone that any of this is happening. And then she said, discreet, discreet, or get your asses beat. So I really want to know if she actually said that or if that was just dramatized for television. Because that really just, like, threw me. Yeah, I don't know. This whole thing is throwing me. Like, yeah. this is what gives sororities such bad name. 100%. Like, I, can't, I don't believe that they're all bad. I'm sure they're fine. They do a lot of philanthropy. I don't think hardly any of them are bad. I think that there's a small group that is bad and like this is what happens it's crazy but like this is how they're portrayed on like tv and movies and it's a horrible stereotype right but i think as a whole sororities and fraternities do great things like they're very much based on philanthropy and community outreach and like making the world a better place and but then you have like this small handful that do crap like this it's insane it gets worse i'm not even done oh but i've lost my place i was at discreet discreet get your asses beat (laughs) (laughs) I really laughed when she said that. I mean, it's not funny, but I was just like, is this bitch for real? All right. So an anonymous member of the Delta Sigma Thetas said they had like had an interview and she remained anonymous because she didn't want them to know who she was. But she said that it was peer pressure and manipulation at its finest. Yeah. She said that essentially like you're terrified to tell because if you do, you're going to get yourself in trouble and you can't leave or you're betraying your entire pledge class. Right. And then everyone suffers. Right. And she said essentially the only way out is to like quit school. And go to a different university. But then, like, you lose everything you've done at that university. Like, you've lost all your connections. You essentially have to start over. And a lot of these girls are juniors. You know, sophomores are juniors in college. They don't want to do that. Right. Also, though, I thought you joined sororities typically as a freshman. I think you can join a sorority whenever. I think that typically you would want to be in a sorority all four years. Like, you would do the pledge your freshman year, and then you would be sophomore, junior, senior. But I don't think that that's, like, hard and fast rule. Because these girls are all different ages. Um, Taylor okay. King was only, like, 19. And the other girls were okay. 20 and 21. I think, yes. I think, essentially, you want to try and, and join as a freshman. But I, it's not, like, a hard rule. It's not a rule. Got it. I don't know. I wasn't in a sorority. I don't, I don't know much about I didn't that. even go to a four-year university, so I have no idea. <sighs> so, anyway, luckily, everything's going to come to an end soon, though. Because in November... While everyone at ECU is preparing for midterms, those rushing sororities and fraternities are preparing for Hell Week. And as we know from television, um, Hell Week is the end of pledging 
after Hell Week is when... Uh, also, let's not haze people, but let's call it Hell Week. What the, What is that? Right. But, I mean, I know it's called Hell Week because, again, I mean, I watched Greek. I know that's not a good portrayal, but, like, I've watched movies... <laughs> I watched t- Greek. I'm basically an expert. No, but I'm just saying, like, all television shows, all movies that depict Greek life talk about Hell Week. Right. But anyway, everyone else getting ready for midterms. These guys are getting ready for Hell Week. And while Hell Week is obviously going to suck... It's a sure sign that their hazing's almost over because after Hell Week, they get brought into the sorority and the hazing stops, right? That's what's supposed to happen. Yeah. So uh, the problem is that during Hell Week, everything they've endured up until this point is magnified. It's hazing on steroids. Right. And as, and as if dealing with all of that isn't bad enough, Victoria also finds out how significantly her grades have been affected. So obviously, this causes extreme anxiety for Victoria. She's went from being like honor roll straight A to C's in all of her classes. Ugh. Yeah. That's rough. Yeah. Nonetheless, though, she holds on because it's almost over. Like, we're in November, and it's almost over. November is, you've got Hell Week, and then they're going to get that crossing over ceremony. So she knows it's almost over. I want to go back to the C's. I remember my first C in college, and I cried for, like, a week. So I can't imagine. Yeah. Like, going through that and seeing all your grades drop. Absolutely horrendous. She was, yeah, not doing well with it. But again, she was she was like, you know what? I'm going to get through it and I'll pull my grades back up once we're done with, like, the hazing and I can go back to sleeping and normal schedule. Hmm. Well, all the power to her. But it's fine. She holds on. It's almost over. She's about to be accepted into this elite sorority and everything's going to be great again. Um, and she's already dealt with the worst of it, right? Going to go with no. That's a joke. So they finally made it to one of their final after-hour gatherings. And this time is very different. Uh, the pledges are forced to eat Delta apples. So a Delta apple is just a raw onion. They're just forced to eat a raw onion like an apple. Ew. Uh, If the pledges complain or they don't complete the tasks that are asked to them, um, they're not being verbally assaulted anymore or verbally abused. Uh, They're now forced to get in the cut. Which is? Get in the cut means that they have to bend over, grab their ankles, and brace themselves to be beaten with a paddle. Ew. Yeah. At another point of the night, the pledges are forced to slap each other. And if they don't slap hard enough, then they're punished and forced to continue to slap their fellow Pudge sisters until their slaps are sufficient. But by this point, they're too far in. They can't tell anyone. They can't quit. I mean, what are they going to do? If they tell, they're going to get in trouble too. Right. And if they quit, none of their pledges, none of their pledge class gets in with them. They're like, they're all just out. So um, this hazing goes on all night. But ultimately, they survive it. And that means they're in. They made it. Like, it's over. So the day arrives, Saturday, November 20th, 2010. 20-year-old Victoria Carter, 20-year-old Brianna Gaither, and 19-year-old Taylor King get in the car with their designated pledge chauffeur, 20-year-old Camille Arrington. They're headed to a local salon to get their hair done for that, night, that night's crossing over ceremony. Just before 6.30 a.m., the Toyota driven by Camille hits a tree head on. Camille suffers a head injury. Taylor is in the passenger seat, and she has a fractured leg. Brianna is in the back seat, and she's rushed to the ambulance rushed by ambulance to the hospital in critical condition. Unfortunately, she would succumb to her injuries. And finally, Victoria Carter is pronounced dead on the scene. She suffered from a broken neck. So although this is a car accident, there's still an investigation to figure out what exactly happened. Uh, Camille's toxicology and blood alcohol levels come back clean. She wasn't under the influence of anything. So that's when police are like, huh, that's kind of weird because there's really no rhyme or reason for this wreck. Road conditions were fine. She wasn't under any influence of drug or alcohol. You know, it's kind of weird. So police decide to interview the two survivors. And that's immediately they start seeing red flag, red flag, red flag, red flag. So neither of the women can remember what caused the wreck. 
And Camille tells the investigators the night before all the pledges had went home and gotten in bed around 7 or 8 p.m. so they could get a good night's sleep before the next day's festivities. So police immediately are like, that's not right. There's no way. There's no way that these college students willingly went home and went to bed at 8 p.m. on a Friday night. I mean, maybe. Maybe. Probably not. They weren't all juniors, but maybe. Um, But what do you think the likelihood is that 17 girls went home and went to bed at 8 p.m.? Oh, no. Not 17. Yeah. So they started with Camille. She said they went to bed at 8 p.m. They were like, that's weird. So they're like, let's interview the rest of the pledge class. Um, And that's when they realized that all of the girls had the exact same story. They had went home and went to bed at 8 p.m. the night before the wreck. So they're like, yeah, no, there's something wrong here. something fishy. Yeah, definitely. Not all of them. And then if that wasn't weird enough, the sorority sent letters to Brianna and Victoria's families letting them know that their daughters were not Deltas. And they were not to mention or use the sorority letter or symbols in relation to the girls' funeral, funerals, obituaries, etc. Obviously, that's weird. Yeah, that's super weird. Like, uh, Brianna's mom was like, I was not thinking in the slightest about her being a Delta. I just lost my daughter. I could, like, I didn't think one bit about her being in a sorority. But then when I questioned it, they were like, no, she's not a Delta. She was two hours short. Like, I'm sorry, she's dead. So you could have the decency to at least accept her. You could. Unless there was more going on, maybe. I mean, there is, so continue. So, with nothing else to go on, the police charge Camille um, Arrington with two counts of misdemeanor death by motor vehicle. Camille pleads guilty and is sentenced to probation and community service. And while the police know that Hazing was involved in this case, they don't have any solid evidence, so they're forced to close the case. And that would be the end. But Victoria and Brianna's mothers are not done. So they decide to hire a private investigator and their own lawyers, and they start their own investigation. Good for them. So one thing that they heavily focus on is the fact that Brianna and Victoria's cell phones were not given to them with their daughter's belongings. So they didn't have them in the car? They did have their cell phones in the car, but they weren't given to them by the police. So where did their cell phones go, Ashley? I don't know. I don't know either, but we'll find out, I'm sure, at some point. Camille, take them? I don't know. We'll find out. So at one point after the accident, Bernadette is approached by a Delta sister who gives her Victoria's phone. That's weird. Yeah, the memory card's been stripped and the phone had been submerged in water, so it was useless. Hmm. It's a little fishy. I would agree. And then I said, here, the crazy thing is, how did the Deltas even get the phone? It should have been turned over by police to Victoria's family, right? Right. So that's where it gets crazy. This is a crazy conspiracy here. Um, An officer at the police department willingly turned the phone over to the Delta of advisors. Hmm. Interesting. You're probably asking yourself, why on earth would that occur? Clearly, they were a Delta. So as it would turn out, the police officer was a Delta sister, and Delta sisters have to stick together. Brianna's mother had a similar experience, but unfortunately, the Deltas did not do as good of a job with Brianna's phone as there were still texts left on her phone, one of which was a text sent to all of the Delta pledges, instructing that all Delta texts should be erased from their phones. So again, red flag. Right. Why? I don't know. The family works tirelessly to try and prove that the sorority was involved in the events leading to the accident, and it would seem that they were getting nowhere. That is until 2013, when they are granted a court order allowing them to depose Camille Arrington. So, depose is just a fancy word for ask questions. Okay. I looked it up. (laughs) Yeah, I wouldn't have known what that meant either. Yeah. So Camille finally has the courage to speak out against Delta Sigma Theta at this point. She tells of the exhausting hazing that was taking place. She also under oath admits that she couldn't come forward about the hazing because the adult advisors were taking part in the hazing. So she had no one to come forward to. The information given by Camille starts a snowball effect. Now that they've come forward, 
or now that she's come forward, other pledges changed their stories as well. Uh, because of Camille's testimony, the legal team, the family's legal team, is able to subpoena all of the pledges and then question them again under oath. So during this questioning, all of the pledges corroborate Camille's story. This new information paints a very different picture of what transpired prior to the accident. So the pledges recall that in the nights leading up to the Saturday morning wreck, that the pledges had not been allowed to sleep. At the point of the wreck, Camille Arrington had went 60 hours without sleep. How many? 60. Ugh. No. Absolutely not. And the big sisters of the Delta sorority, knowing that, instructed her to drive the other girls to the hair salon. Right. While en route, Camille fell asleep at the wheel, which then caused the wreck. As she fell asleep, her foot accelerated the car. When she woke up, she had hit a tree. Makes sense. (sighs) So to this day, none of the Delta Sigma Theta members have faced any charges in relation to this horrible situation. Um, but, But Victoria's mother did file a wrongful death suit against the sorority. Did she win it? Um, I could not find an outcome of the lawsuit. Well, that's unfortunate. It is. So if any of our listeners know the outcome, or if you guys want to dig deeper than I could dig and find it for me, I would love that because I want to know. I hope that she won a wrongful death suit. I kind of also wish that they would have charged the other pieces in this case. Right, but it was probably like hard to prove that, like in order to charge them. I mean, I guess it probably would be hard to prove that, but it's just honestly insane to me. The whole case yeah. was insane to me. Yeah, that's, yeah. So, yeah, anyway, that's what I, I think got. I've heard, maybe not this one, but something very similar to this. Yeah, that's another reason I never joined a sorority, because of stories like this. That terrified you? Yeah, terrified. I mean, I know, like, that's not every sorority, obviously, but. Right. My luck, it would be horrifying. I don't know. Yeah, it's pretty freaking crazy. Poor girls. Yeah, awful. Absolutely awful. I hate that. It's also awful to think. I mean, I guess, I don't know. So this happened in 2010. I graduated high school in 2010. Yeah. I never saw any sort of like, like this should have been publicized. Yeah, I don't remember any of it being publicized. And like all of the charges in court and everything you said was in 2013 right yeah yeah so i mean that's when i was like looking into colleges you think at least it would have showed up then well 2013 is when they were able to re-question camille so she was charged pretty quickly on in 2010 oh okay yeah because she pled guilty right away right so i don't know honestly though it's crazy it's a crazy case for sure yeah really sad like, people that you're supposed to be able to count on. You're supposed to be sisters. You're supposed to... Well, I mean, right. Whatever. And also adults that you should be able to count on. Right. And yet we yeah, can't. but the whole point of it is that, like, you're sisters and you're family. But right. you don't treat your family that way. What are you talking about, Ashley? I beat you with a paddle all the time. No, you don't. No, I don't because I'm not a piece of crap. Yeah, I don't, I don't get it. I don't know. It's insane. Yeah, for sure. So anyway, that's all I got on that case. So, yeah, if you guys want to figure out what happened in that wrongful death suit, I'd appreciate it. And you can email us at weeklydoseofwicked at gmail.com. Or you can just email me privately at sierra.wdow at gmail.com. If you want to. Because we got our personal emails this week. Yeah, if you want to leave Ashley out of it, you just want to talk to me alone. 
I mean, I know your login, so I could go log in. That is true. Maybe I changed my password. Well, maybe. Maybe you did. I don't know. But anyway, all right, well, we'll catch you next week when we cover a whole new case. Um, until then, be safe. Don't take any random phone numbers from random Uber drivers. <laughs> don't flip me off, Ashley. You know it was dumb. It really wasn't that dumb. You know Sober Ashley never would have done that. You know you only did it because you drank too much. No, Sober Ashley would have 100% taken his phone number because I would have been too crippled with anxiety to decline it. You're so full of it. I can't even deal with you. Can't even deal with you. All right, guys. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Hey, everyone. If you like what you heard and you want to support a small podcast, please give us money at www.patreon.com forward slash weekly dose of wicked where you can join one of our four amazing tiers starting at just a measly three dollars a month that's literally 10 cents a day you can join the slightly wicked after that we've got the moderately wicked for just five dollars a month followed by the awesomely wicked for seven dollars a month and for those high rollers big ballers we have the extraordinarily good so head on over check it out if you like what you see join it up if subscriptions aren't your jam head on over to www.buymeacoffee.com forward slash w-d-o-w where you can give us a one-time donation to buy us a coffee or you know like podcasting equipment which would probably be a better use of our money feel free to give us a follow on instagram at weekly underscore dose underscore of underscore wicked or you can just search weekly dose of wicked and we'll pop up because we're the only ones or you can give us a like on facebook at facebook.com slash weekly dose of wicked Or, you know what, you could just do both, because that would be better for us. For a direct feed of our podcast, please go to www.weeklydoseofwicked.buzzsprout.com. Great news, guys. We've made it big time, and you can now listen to us anywhere you listen to podcasts. Yep, yep. Even Pandora, they finally let us in. Make sure to come back next Wednesday for your Weekly Weekly Dose of Wicked. Wicked. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.